gonna look twice at you until I see the Christ Welcome to you. our Faith Walking Meditations. Another uh, conversation about eliminating hurry. Today we are going to explore and uh, and talk about silence and solitude. We're following the script, if that makes sense, or the the uh, kind of uh, topics that uh, John Mark Comer is uh, offering in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. We have been talking about the problem, and eventually we talk about the solution being not uh, more or, or not strength, but really more having more uh, time with God and uh, the rule of life. And as we are continuing in this conversation of the the, the rule of life, he uh, is offering us uh, some practices that are helpful. Practice today, that we're going to talk about is silence and solitude. And it's a, a fascinating topic for me. I like it a lot and I find it every time more and more relevant because I think that um, we don't have enough of this, right? And here is, uh, actually the way that he starts is, is saying that, uh, inviting us to consider that uh, we are living in a in an age that is filled with noise. Um, it is not a complaining about technology or connectivity, it's just acknowledging the fact that as never before, we have available uh, the world at our, at our fingertips, <laughs> you know, smartphones. I keep always having this picture of uh, Star Trek and, uh, you know, watching those shows when the guys live in the future in these spaceships and they have this little device. I don't know if you remember, but that little device that they have worked for everything, right? They would say, tru, tru, tru. oh, you know, the oxygen in this planet is sufficient or not. Like there is something behind that wall. <laughs> and we are a little bit like that, you know, with our with our smartphones. Um, uh, isn't that amazing? We are living that, you know. We can say the temperature is. Uh, what time is in, uh, I don't know, in China right now? Or uh, what are the news? Or, you know, what is this kind of sickness? Let me see what they are talking about. What is good for... We learn to make projects. Anyway, we have all the blessings of technology, but that's also a lot of noise. I don't know how you do with your notifications, but I don't do well with them. I turn it off. <laughs> I don't want to be disturbed because they create that noise. Uh, and we live uh, with noise that is not only outside of us, right? We are There's more population. They were faster. There's all this uh, marketing world that is craving for our attention, right? Uh, but there's also more noise inside of us. There's a lot of reasons uh, to be anxious. We have less time to rest and contemplate. We have less time to think of our responses. Everything is instant. And uh, we um, are more anxious inside of us. So... We have uh, a lot of anxiety and tons of distractions. And I like uh, Rothheiser, Ronald Rothheiser saying, we are distracting ourselves into a spiritual obliv oblivion, right? 
this is uh, the impact of this and the, the what suffers, what many things suffer. And we talked about the problem before, not only our health and uh, our mental health and our, our uh, physiological health, but also, um, you know, our spiritual health suffers about that. There's no time to be present to things that matter. Not always. It takes a lot of effort. So the um, alternative, uh, and again, we, we we think of Jesus as this model, fully human, fully alive, right? This is, there is the, the intention of God in creating us is developing this character in us, the character of Christ. And in the example of Jesus, what we see that he has definitely a preference for silence and solitude, right? He is not... Um, uh, you know, uh, bored, or he's not living in a in a mountain, or uh, he is pretty busy. Especially, we, we we have the account of his three years of ministry, but we we see that he intentionally look and is led by the spirit to this place of wilderness, to this place of uh, to the desert, to to the place of void when there is nothing much the word eremos and uh, it's a, a place where he is grounded and when he has communion with the father when he i guess gets some clarity about what he needs to do uh, and uh, you know it's a place of spiritual strength and he is filled with something and there's no magic about it but but there is a place of, of silence and solitude right and I love the the, the 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 few passages, right? There are so many in the in the book that we can uh, explore. But there is a there is this this place uh, when the he brings a couple of friends to this place, and there is one account of Peter and John being in that place, and there is this transfiguration, right? That, that they get to see Jesus and Moses and Elijah, and they hear that voice. Well, what an amazing thing! What an amazing reality that is, uh, is, is offered to them. And uh, you can see that from that place, Jesus is doing ministry. From that place, Jesus is choosing his apostles. Just before uh, naming the 12, he has been uh, uh, praying. He has been in this place of, of uh, wilderness uh, with the Lord. Or we see that he... Um, Changes even sometimes, right? When he gets uh, very tired, he goes, or he, say, he says, you know, this is not my time. But after uh, a time of, of prayer, you see how he comes with the clarity of, of coming back and engaging, setting his face towards Jerusalem. So that's the invitation to practice silence and solitude. Silence, uh, very briefly, it can be external and internal. And uh, it is hard to allow silence. Uh, it looks like boredom at the beginning. And we are not really good at being bored because we are overstimulated, right? So externally, we allow this silence just to be part of us. And there are places that feel this thing. Uh, it's not complete silence. I don't have to hear anything. It is just the silence of voices, silence of even sometimes music or, or podcasts or so many good things that we have. Uh, I love the, the sounds of nature, 
right? The, the, that's kind of a silence. And you can say, well, there is a still noise. Well, we're not talking about the absence of, of noise in the sense that that is literal, but the, the absence of those voices that are somehow speaking and calling for us. Nature is, is a place of a, we're invited to just to be. There's examples of these, you know, uh, the, the noises inside. Uh, centering prayer is a great practice. Uh, practicing silence, you know, the, the centering word that allows us to come back to this place, being aware of our breathing and allowing that to create some silence and some space in us. Um, many different ways to practice silence. Sitting in silence is, is a practice. And some people do better than other people with that, but we all need some silence in our life. Solitude uh, is not a place of loneliness. That is a reminder. I like how the author puts it. You know, you can make a two columns and compare, right? Solitude is engagement. Solitude is safety, is nurturing, is opening up your soul, is becoming aware. Loneliness is the opposite. Escape, danger, isolation, fear, addiction, right? Shame. So making that distinction, what does it mean to enter into solitude, to be in the presence of God? in that uh, secret place, solitude of, uh, I compare it, you know, between uh, love, right? You know, being with my wife, we need time alone. We need to talk. We need to connect, right? That's kind of a kind of solitude. And it's just a comparison between being always on, being always in a party, being always hosting people and always with our kids. You know, this solitude is a place of God and me. It's not only of me by myself. So um, I like, to, and I'll finish with this. Uh, this comes from the book too. In seasons of busyness is when we need to be in a place of quiet the most. It sounds counterintuitive, but there are many things like that in the spiritual journey. Humility and pride and, and weakness and strength. So when there is more busyness, like we we require our best self to be there is when we more we need the most we need quiet right centering is centering is grounding these practices usually are not ends on it and themselves probably that is the main uh, obstacle that they become like a, okay uh, look how good I do this practice they are not ends on themselves they are means. There are windows, there are doors that open space for connection. And the connection mainly is with God. And that influences and impacts the connection that we have with ourselves. We become aware of how we relate to ourselves. And definitely that impacts and makes a difference in the way that we connect with others. So all of these are benefits of this silence and solitude. Again, I finish, let's say I finished before, I really finished with this. Not everybody is prone or is, um, uh, you know, it links towards silence and solitude. There are different temperaments. But we all need some of this in our lives, wherever you are. It is not written in the stars that Marcos doesn't need to be in silence and solitude. I like, again, how the author invites us to consider, right? It's, it's, it's a bit of a gentle, clear challenge 
you know, if we think that we don't need it because our temperament or our lives is are, you know, different, we just need to probably humbly acknowledge that if Jesus modeled that, who are we to say, well, I don't need that. No, that's not my cup of tea, right? I can have a flourishing spirituality without the need of silence and solitude, this quiet, this place of quiet. So there you go. That is a, a short and maybe too wordy way to bring us into this topic. Um, what, uh, what, how is this for you? Uh, these are the questions I invite you to consider. What, what kind of noise do you struggle with? What is the impact of noise in your life? And you know, I'm talking about the specific, that internal and external noise. What um, are your experiences of the benefits or the challenges of silence and solitude? How is this for you? Maybe what is your, your, your temperament? Are you more like towards this or not? <laughs> and finally, in a very practical way, how do you include bits or, or big moments of silence and solitude in your day over time? So love to hear your comments. So, so would you like to start? Um, the, the first question, I think the biggest noise I struggle with is the noise in my head. Mm. Um, I, I have lots of space, lots of time away from the noise of the world. Yeah. But, but I, uh, turning off the noise in my head is the big, is the biggest challenge. Yeah. Uh, because I'll just be, you know, I try to get still and be in solitude, and then it's like, yeah, my head goes here, there, and yonder, and yeah, you know, I start picking up my phone and looking at things, and I, so yes. um, that that's definitely the biggest struggle, and. Um, But I find that sometimes I just have to be patient with myself and stick with it and uh, let that, you know, just keep yeah. coming back around to the, to the solitude. And, um, and then I really do see the benefit of it, of just, uh, of, being able to put aside um, really for me I think the biggest thing is putting aside my thinking I need to work through everything yeah it, it's a control issue uh, that I've got to be in action to deal with all the different things in my life and uh, instead of that resting in the Lord. Um, yeah. And so to the extent I'm able to do it, I really do see the benefit. Yeah. And I think that I've been, I feel like I've been growing in that 
Uh, but that, you know, where I, I've been growing in the ability to sort of do that off and on throughout the day, yeah. uh, coming to that place of silence. I think where I'm still having a struggle is having more extended periods. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's helpful to, to really, uh, as you say this, to think that, that, you know, we, this is not a marathon. This is not a, you know, we need to do it better. This is not really about quantity. Maybe it's, it's more about quality and uh, it's a process. I, I love so how you reflect back and saying, yeah, you know, I, I become better at it and I have to offer compassion to myself. Because uh, at the end of the day, what's coming up is, yeah, I, I want to do it well. I want to control it, right? Precisely what the law is showing you. Yeah. If, if I, I, I may ask you, so how do you see the benefit? What, how, what is different? Well, I think that I'm not sure how well I can describe this, but um, just the calming of my frenetic nature yeah. uh, moves me to a place of uh, of greater peace and the ability to um, let go of things that I need to let go of, um, let go of anxiety and just, just be in the presence of the Lord and experience his peace there. And, um, and I think it, when, when I'm doing it, um, Well, I I experience um, moving into my best thinking, as Ken likes to talk about it. Um, that I'm I'm out of that just spinning that I tend to do. Yes. Yeah. It's sort of like you know I picture my minds like this. You know, and then if I just can settle down and stop that spinning, yeah. I can focus. Yes. Yes. Best thinking, you know, that noise is is kind of anxiety, right? It is um it is distress, it is striving, as you say, spinning, not stopping. Never never satisfying, never, never being satisfied, you know. Yeah. Thank you. You know, what comes to mind, I, brief, just as you were telling, you know, how the gift of that sometimes, uh, it is so clear, you know, some struggles, we, we have, I've been going through some struggles with uh, my daughter, and um, it's not, it's not new, right? This is not new. This is not the only time, but over, 
facing that, uh, you know, uh, this, this autopilot, this anxiety, this noise, this need, sometimes this immediate need, the need business. I had the opportunity yesterday uh, to drive for a faith walking deal, um, just an hour and a half, you know, and then offer the faith walking uh, talk and come back. But I went early, it was Sunday, and the drive was was silence and, and solitude. It was such a gift. Uh, it was early in the morning, which, you know, it somehow it speaks to me, right? Because I, I am awake and I am present. And I got early because tra- there was no traffic. So I had 30 minutes mm-hmm. for me in this retreat center before everything will start just to sit down and, you know, be in nature because it was in nature, a retreat center. And how those 10 minutes, um, that, that 30 minutes of silence, but I, I journaled for 10 minutes, were so powerful and different to give me this grounded, this centeredness, this clarity, you know, this sense of this is what's going on. Sometimes I can name, but this is fear. Oh, that's going on here. I'm afraid. I'm afraid I can name that thing. And and yeah, get this space of, of choosing and, and receiving from God, how, how that makes an incredible difference in me, in the way that I relate with my daughter, in the way that I relate with my family. You know, clarity from God. Mm-hmm. So... As, as you were talking about your best thinking, it makes me think of that and offer a little bit also my, my own experience into this. Silence. It is God, but the silence and solitude offer space for us to listen to God. Thank you, Saul. Thank you for uh, sharing with us. Yeah. Let me ask Laura, how how um, is this for you? What's coming up for you? Yeah, I think I agree with Saul that the noise that I struggle with the most is just my own thoughts. Um, and being able to, yeah, being able to still my mind and um, take my thoughts captive is a big thing um, for me lately. The past several months, that's been a real struggle for me, um, being able to keep my thoughts in line. And, uh, I know faith walking was really helpful for me with that. When I first started it, um, like when I did the one-on-one retreat, like quieting the noise, cause before, before that, I think, I don't know that I spent much time in silence and solitude. Um, most of my prayer before that was probably talking and not so much listening. Um, but when we did that one-on-one in-person retreat, it was a lot of it was terrifying at first. I remember, you know, like, oh, just go sit somewhere for an hour or something and listen. And my mind's like, you know, like I can't listen to anything. But um, over time with implementing that, I got better at it. But I, I've gotten um, out of that habit. I do it more than I did before I ever engaged with faith walking, but less than I would like to. Um, yeah. And I think the impact is I know um, for me, it's so easy for it to just spiral out of control. Like I said, if I don't, take control of that inner noise and like the dialogue and in my case 
recently it hasn't been helpful. Um, it's definitely not like the Philippians four eight things I want it to be. It's not like good noise. Um, yeah. yeah, they just go crazy. And then it, um, yeah, it becomes, you know, more of an issue. Um, the more I entertain it and pay attention to it. Um, yeah. So the benefits and challenges, I think, like I said, I've, I've seen really great benefit from, um, silence and solitude. I think I'd like to, at some point do, um, like a silent retreat. I've never done that. Um, I used to know people that would talk about that and like, who would want to do that? That sounds awful. Um, but I think that sounds, I don't know, the past uh, few years, I'm like, that sounds like it could be nice. Um, I used to be very uncomfortable with silence and, and solitude. Um, and faith walking has helped me uh, a lot with that. I think I used to equate um, solitude with loneliness um, and uh, silence with solitude. Like, you know, because even if you're by yourself, if you have some kind of noise, it somehow doesn't feel like you're alone, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, being alone was never something I had to do when I was young. I had my kids really young. So I actually had kids before I moved out of my parents' house. Um, and my, I had my son when I was still in high school. And then um, his dad wasn't around, so he was with me all the time. So I never had to do alone. Um, and then now my kids are young adults, or one is still at home, and they once they were getting older and then they were gone and they had jobs and they had activities um, and I got divorced and stuff. And then it was like, Oh, like I have to learn how to be okay with solitude. Um, in my mind, it was bad just cause it was uncomfortable. Um, and that was something that uh, I prayed about for years and the Lord really did shift my perspective to make it like a peaceful, restful, you know, um, alone isn't necessarily lonely and it certainly isn't abandoned or, you know, forsaken or isolated um, or anything like that. And so I think I have a much different appreciation for um, silence and solitude and yeah. even just the idea that like, um, you know, I have to be quiet to be able to listen. Right. So I can't, um, I can't hear as well from the Lord if I won't turn off the noise. Um, it just gets in the way. So yeah, challenges for me are the um, being intentional about it. It almost seems silly to call that a challenge because it's really just like my own fault. I don't do it, right? Like I lack the self-control or the intentionality, but I think that is the challenge because life is life is busy. It's easy to let that um, fall by the wayside, even though I guess like anything else beneficial, like I know I should work out, but I have other things to do or whatever. Um, you know, it's good, but you don't, you don't do it. Um, or like, I guess this is what we all have been struggling with, like since, you know, the beginning of time with Paul, you know, I do the thing I don't want to do and I don't do the thing I want to do. And um, so that is my, <laughs> that's my challenge or struggle with um, silence and solitude is actually um, doing it. And uh, yeah, and I definitely, that's something even just the past few months as my, my thoughts have been more, um, I don't know, like they feel more out of control, um, like silence and solitude is something that I've thought it would really benefit me to try to be more intentional about implementing that. Um, yeah. yeah. And actually it would be relatively easy for me to do if I just do it. Cause I don't have, I don't have little kids. I work from home. I have a very flexible schedule. Like um, it'd be very doable for me to have practice plan it and then stick to the plan. 
which is the hard part, just not getting in my own way. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. That's, uh, it's very real. And uh, I love, I love your awareness. At least I need this, right? I need to do it. And uh, what is hardest to, to start doing it. And uh, yeah, you know, we, we, we start, we, we have to, to, to start somewhere. And uh, I guess that, that that is the gift sometimes of, of the conversations like this, you know, they remind me of, of a desire. Of It becomes a little bit of a longing because I know that there is a promise of something there. And the beauty of community, when the community is aware of that, like if a walking community, we seek that. We, we, we hope for that we don't want to fill the space with words only. Right? That what is important is, is the capacity to come back to the Lord in a way of listening. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Trish, what about you? Well, I think the noise that I struggle with is the same as Laura and Saul. Um, just, you know, the internal noise, especially these days when we're empty nesters and I pretty much can make my schedule as, as I want to. Um, but I don't always schedule in enough time for silence and solitude. I do try to not overschedule myself so that I'm going from activity to activity without there being some sort of margin, um, because that's a surefire way of me getting burnt out and feeling very stressed. Um, so I try to make sure I have those margins between to where at least I can like take a couple of breaths and sit down. Um, as we were talking here, it reminded me though of silence and solitude for me are just our forms of rest and um, silence, you know, being the rest from the chatter, you know, and in external and internal and solitude being the rest from um, I don't know, I guess interacting with other people or just being able to be. And uh, I know in my own life, I didn't practice these until I reached a point of burnout um, almost 10 years ago. And it was a place where, well, it was burnout and I had um, over-functioned in nearly every aspect of my life. And I just got to the point where I could not do it anymore. And I would find myself just being still. <laughs> and I mean, not even, I mean, just and being in silence when I could, because at that point, we still had a couple of kids home. But it was so unusual for me. And for me to want to be alone was very unusual, too. I didn't but prior to that, I didn't like to be alone either. And um, so it was interesting. It was really what I considered later to be a gift from God because it wasn't something I thought about or studied about or anything. It was just all of a sudden I just had to stop and I just had to be silent and I just had to be still. And there was one thing that John Mark Comer 
talks about in this book is on page 132. And I like this. He states in the first paragraph, quiet is a kind of balm for emotional healing. Mm -hmm. And that is what I really found. And I needed a lot of it. (laughs) Um, We've talked before in our conversations about how um, experiencing nature is one of my favorite ways um, of engaging with it, especially with different birds that migrate through the, you know, through our Houston area. And I love watching birds. Anything with nature captivates me. Um, I also really, when I do it, I really enjoy centering prayer. Mm-hmm. And that is also one of the first things that the Lord revealed to me. He just, he, back when I was experiencing silence and solitude, I went to a Catholic retreat center here um, for about a period of three years at different retreats. And a couple of those were um, near silent retreats. And it was just so nice to be able to get away. And I didn't know anybody. I didn't go with friends. I just, I didn't know anybody. (laughs) And so it was nice just to be and to be under the trees and all of that. And um, I miss that. I I do. Um, But then I noticed even in centering prayer, um, and sometimes I would fall asleep (laughs) in centering prayer. And, but it was like the Holy Spirit is doing something in our souls that we cannot quantify. And um, it's like, it's, it's a work that only the Holy Spirit is doing, but it's not something I could describe. And uh, yeah, and it's very, it's very restful. So that's what, that's what these two practices really remind me of is just, is to rest. These are, these are invitations to rest. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great, Trish. And, and I think that, um, yeah, for some of us, that that's, you know, like we, we, we think that something must needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And the truth is really nothing needs to happen in the sense of there's no big, oh my gosh, this awareness of something I have a, a vision of. But this rest, sometimes that is the gift of, of the Lord. You fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you discover that you're very tired. Mm-hmm. And the Lord somehow tells you, yeah, and that's what I want to give you, some rest. Yeah. And uh, it's a beautiful reminder, um, the connection that you, that you know, it's, it's in the book, but you, you help us remember about the, Emotional healing, the balm, the, the you know, we, we need to to be quiet. There's moments when their words are insufficient. There is nothing else to say. Just to be. It is not yeah. I think especially with emotional healing, there's the wounds that we have, um we're not able to heal them by ourselves. And so we need to be open to the Holy Spirit. I mean, I love the faith walking work that we do and that helps and the family of origin work that we, that we do and that helps. But um, there's a point 
where it moves beyond just the cognition of the head experience and it's work in the heart that only the Holy Spirit can do. Yeah, definitely. I remember uh, in one of the trainings uh, that we had for spiritual direction, uh, we will go into these weeks for uh, kind of an intensive, uh, intensive, but uh, residences we call them, right? And uh, they're very spacious in the fact that you get a, uh, individual room, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. nice, and you are invited to spend hours, not mm-hmm. all day, right? But hours, long periods of time without an agenda, experiencing silence and solitude. And actually, they, it is very generously offered, you know, maybe you need to take a nap. Maybe that would be, so you don't feel guilty, right? And you, your mind might say, oh my gosh, what I'm doing here, you know, coming here, all this trip and, and all of this retreat and maybe paying what I need to pay all to take a nap. Come on, I can do that at home. Wow, <laughs> that's what we're not talking. We're not talking about just a nap for the sake of nap. It is, there is something about community too. When we're doing this together, when, when you know, there is a group of people, better or, or worse, but intentionally also seeking that that can only be given by God, but it is given through silence and solitude. Anyway, one of the things that we will do one of those nights is watch a movie. And I forget, I, I can't remember the, the name of the, of the movie right now. It's an old movie, classic movie. Well, classic, I don't know how classic, but... Uh, it's about these these ladies that live in London uh, in the 50s, 1950s or so, and they are so busy, right? They are one of them is divorced, the other one is is financial crisis, but it is it is gray in winter in in you know everything is and the, the movie is very gray at the beginning. I don't want to tell you the, the whole movie, but they decide to go to Italy to this place, Monte Cristi. And they just put a house. What they do is put their money together to kind of rent an Airbnb. It wasn't called an Airbnb then. But it is this place full of nature. Mm-hmm. And they don't have anything to do. And the movie tells you about the story of each one, the brokenness, the wounds, right? But there's one of them that I remember <laughs> that it is very compulsive, very perfectionist, very controlling. And you see pictures, of like uh, several seconds of the movie, and you see her just sitting in nature, not doing anything, you know, laying flat. And, and the, there's a beautiful picture of how that becomes healing for her. Mm. Something is taking place in the soul. So anyway, just the highlight of nature. Nature is a place... Of, of the kind of silence and solitude that is good. Maybe it's the wilderness, right? And it's not nature that... Uh, you. And I don't care where you go. Niagara cataracts or or you go to a place. The idea is that you're just present to, to the reality of nature in silence and solitude. What kills sometimes nature is I want to capture that for myself. So I'm taking pictures. <laughs> like if I could hold on... 
It is just this awareness of whatever happens here, Lord, is between you and me. And I will never be able to possess it, but I will never forget it. Mm. Because it's yours and it's mine, you know, and I'm not going to try to hold this for me forever because it has been already given and it's so beautiful between you and me that is nobody can come back to it. It's the presence of that moment with the Lord. Anyway, it makes me think of, of that and what a beautiful picture. Healing. One of the impact of that is healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thank you all. Um, you know what, what is in my mind? It's encouraging, you know, to to you, to me, to myself, uh, to, to, to people who might be listening to this. Um, we are to start somewhere. You know, there is not like a, I mean, you can find, and it's helpful too, a book, a guide, how to do solitude, how to do silence, you know, how to go in a personal silent retreat. You know, that, that works too. Um, maybe also remind you that there's community, there is a friend. We can have a Zoom conversation to be quiet. <laughs> that sounds like, okay, why am I doing this? Well, because somehow it, that helps us. You know, I do it. And your presence helps me doing it. Um, or, or you can just start by creating spaces during your day where you just start breathing, right? And for a few minutes, you don't have to do anything more then just breathe. So, whatever you are, do something. Uh, start where you are, you know, to offer yourself, your soul. Uh, oh, this is a gift, I believe, the silence and solitude when it comes from, uh, as a gift of the Lord, right? God speaks in that silence and in that solitude, we are not alone. So, Looking forward to hear more uh, about how these practices help us and to read more about other practices that are helpful for our souls. The elimination of hurry uh, somehow is attained by creating spaces for these practices in our lives. So thank you. Thank you for participating today. Uh, As usual, I'm going to read this blessing for all of us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I'm gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you I'm looking through the eyes of love Till I'm looking through the eyes of love